Have you heard about the guys over at Chinook Seedery? They are the only sunflower seed company that has taken the time to connect with college athletes and trying to help them build their brand. They have eight flavors from mild to wild with way less salt and no sandpaper tone. So check them out today over at ChinookSeedery.com. Here comes Cruz in the first pitch of the game on the corner, strike one. Clemson's offense for Hartle over the course of the year, it's it's a fastball that will touch 90, maybe a little bit more, but it's a lead control and it's a lead swing and miss. Swing and a miss and a start for Hartle with a punch out. Graduating out of way for us. Y'all ain't even get a play for you. I've been coming, got a day for it. Yo, what is up? And welcome back to another episode of the In Off the Bench podcast. I am Daniel Ball, and I'm joined as always by my co host, my partner in crime, my brother from another mother, Jim Cross. And Jim, tonight's episode two titled King of the Hill, because tonight we got Wake Forest King of the Hill. Star pitcher Josh Hartle is going to be joining us. But before Josh joins us, the In Off the Bench Podcast Network is brought to you by Chinook Seedery. On the field or in the born room, sign and deal. Chinook Seeds will power you through to get the job done. Memphis City Designs, get your logo and brand or anything from shoes to underoos. You can also get your IOTV Podcast Network gear while supplies last, of course. And Smith's Plumbing Services, you got a drain clog, a sink clog, a toilet clog, any kind of clog. Call my boy Dustin Smith up. He's servicing the Mid-South area. They'll take good care of you and tell them in off the bench sent you. Jim, we got to get to it, man. We got to talk Wake Forest baseball. We got to talk baseball in general because we're here, man. We're a couple weeks away from first pitch, from the spring, from the green of the grass. You name it. It's going to be there. I know you're going to get excited to go to Hawaii. You're going to be kicking things off with Ole Miss. But more importantly, we got to kick things off with Josh Hartle. So help me welcome on to the show with the biggest inter- interview and podcasting this week. Our man, Josh Hartle. Welcome in, everybody. Episode two, season nine. Josh Hartle, how we doing? Good. How about you? Man, I'm doing good. I'm actually going to do a plug to start this show, Daniel, because Josh will know this guy. Shout out to the athletic collection. I got a Brock Wilkin poster. That's, that's one of one of two. Right. Mama Wilkin got the other one. The question becomes, Daniel, who comes down? Because I got no room, bro. And it ain't going to be an LSU cat. So one of these Tennessee, Arkansas, Mississippi State, they're coming down, man. Brock's, Brock's this is, the home run king. This is what you do. You just take whoever has the best week and you put their poster over one of the ones that has the worst week. Oh, man. So we're already playing Survivor Co- with these Cover dudes. it up. And yeah. now we're we playing Wall Survivor. Okay. Yeah. I, I got to shout out my boy Josh, man. He's on He's on my yeah, he, he, he drafted you, Josh. I'm a little pissed off about it, to be honest. Oh, for real? Yeah, man. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get into all that though. Yeah. So well, let's break the ice first, man. Uh, you know, maybe you're into it, maybe you're not. You've been watching the college football playoffs. 
I have. Yes, sir. All right. On one to ten scale, what are we writing it? I mean, it, it's every bit of a, a nine and a half for sure. Solid. All right. So got to know, man, if you had to put your money down, who's winning, Michigan or Washington? I'm taking Washington. Um, I picked them to win it all once the, the final four got released. Um, they have the best player in the country in Michael Penix. I thought he got snubbed for the Heisman. Uh, I guess they don't reward winning, but it's all good. He's going to win a natty, so that's that's more important anyway. Because I don't want to spend an hour arguing, Josh, I'm just going to let it slide like I didn't hear that because obviously <laughs> I'm a LSU fan. Yeah. Um, so we're just going to keep on trucking. What I will ask you about Washington, that game got weird at the end. Did you start to get nervous? I was nervous. Yep, I was really nervous. I, I can't say that I've ever seen your own player go down and cost you – giving the clock the the ball back with the clock I was like and and if that happened that kid was gonna feel terrible and he was hurt like it's not like he was you know faking to to, to stop the clock on purpose so that would have been oh man I'd felt so bad for that dude uh but you know I asked you just before the show uh you know do you have a good Christmas everything the the question that I want the uh listeners to know first of all you know it's a giving season what was your favorite gift that you gave to someone so Probably, I got my brother some good, nice clothing from Lulu. That's that's a good gift. That's probably my favorite clothing brand. I got my sister uh, and my mom a Lulu like belt bag. Um, I got my sister like an all white one. I got my mom a black one, so they can kind of twin with that. Um, going into the Wake Forest game, so um, those are some pretty good gifts. Um, Solid gift giving, damn, because he's doubling because he's taking care of them at the games too for him. You know, I see. Okay. What about your favorite gift that you got? You know, hopefully, you know, I, I don't know, Daniel. Jake Rucker going to come on here last night talking about his parents got him a cruise. Like, that man's 24 years old, still getting gifts like that. Lucky? Yeah. I mean, my brother got me some New Balance 550s that I really like, some red ones, white and red. Um, he's got me looking good. So that, that was probably my favorite gift. I got a lot of clothes. I like clothes. So um, I'm pretty easy to – to get some gifts for anyway so yeah no doubt can't go wrong with clothes and since you said new balances you know you know that's who brock signed with so brock need to send you a pair too come on now that's yeah. all right i have a, I have a feeling that next year and every year after that josh's gifts are going to be progressively better way better <laughs> just, just have a, a crazy feeling yeah that's the goal so Coming into the year, you know, some people do it, some people don't. Do you have a New Year's resolution? Not really. Um, just stuff I've been building on. I kind of just want to, like, get better at handling adversity. Like, so for me, that's kind of like doing stuff that I don't like to do um, or doing stuff that makes me uncomfortable. Um, really just trying to build character. You know, that's kind of the biggest thing and try and grow any way I can, um, really. Yeah, speaking of building character, I heard something awesome last night. You know, I keep referencing the episode, but it, I mean, Trey last night said he wanted to see the sun every day before he looked at his phone. So he wanted to be intentional. About it. I was like, damn, he's teaching me wisdom because I don't do that. So uh, that's, that's a character builder right there. Um, not looking at technology, going actually putting your, your eyes on the sun first, getting that natural daylight. I mean, uh, half my day would be over if I waited to, to do that. <laughs> Well, I mean, not everybody gets up at like 4 a.m. to work out, bro. Hey, do what you got to do, man. I hear you. All right, Josh, what kind of uh, what kind of music you you vibing with right now? What's what's your go to 
band song? What, what we listen to? I'm listening to a lot of Travis Scott. Um, and Gunna. Gunna is my favorite rapper. Um, he was on my Spotify Wrapped the whole year, number one. Um, I'm looking for a new new walkout, maybe potentially. Last year was way back by Travis Scott. I might keep it. I might change it. I don't know. If I find something better, I'll probably change it, but still up in the air. Daniel, we're going to keep hitting the East Coast guests because it was so nice to hear rap music as opposed to country. These SEC boys, hey, talking about Morgan Wallen, like, dude, come on. Like, hit us with some good music. I'm down with Travis Scott. Yeah. I'll, I'll be looking for it when uh when I'm in wake in March. I'm gonna hear the walkout. I'm a I'm not even gonna look it up beforehand. That way I can I'll be caught with a surprise. That's right. All right, last one, and then we'll get into your story. Um, if you could be any superhero, who would you be and why? Probably Spider Man. I don't know. I'm always fat. I like his movies. You know, he can just like climb any building, like just shoot like any kind of web, like. It's pretty dope, you know. He's pretty chill. I mean, you can't go wrong really with any superhero, but yeah, Spider Man, like you said, the the movies that have been coming out definitely makes him the the go to guy. I feel like he's he's all right. He ain't no Batman, but oh come nah, on, he... stop it! Batman only his villains are cool, not him himself. Yeah, I agree. That's because they try to one up one up my dude. <laughs> they just can't. But that's all right. All right, Josh, let's get into this, man. Obviously, we, we got to go all the way back. So talk to me a little bit about where you're, where you're from, your hometown, growing up. Yeah, so I'm from King, North Carolina. Um, it's about 20 minutes north of Wake. Um, I grew up, you know, I'm a big family and, and faith-oriented guy. Um, so I'm really close to my family. Um, I actually always was a, a UNC fan my whole life. And I always thought I would play baseball at UNC and Turns out, I, you know, I liked Wake more when it came down to it. Um, you know, I didn't – I committed when I was a freshman in high school, um, you know, let's, so. Let's let's not jump too far forward now. We got, <laughs> he's already doing commitment. We got to get to that family gotta, that he's talking about. Yeah, I mean, we got we to gotta give mom a shout out here. I mean, everybody's got moms, and we got we to gotta talk about them. But you got mom, dad, you got two siblings. Um, any Any other siblings? Mom and dad together growing up. How was that? Yeah. Um, my brother, he's somebody who I looked up to, um, you know, my whole life. He played sports. He played basketball, uh, baseball and soccer. Um, you know, so I pretty much followed in his footsteps. And he's a big reason, you know, where I am today, um, you know, and why I love sports. And um, he's somebody I look up to. Um, you know, my sister, I give her some love, too. Um, she's always you know, motivated me and helped me be, get that competitive edge always. She always supported me. Um, I would always play like basketball games and like the rec league and middle school games. And she would always yell at the referee in the stands and supported me, which is pretty cool. Um, a dude like, your size, you're playing rec basketball, bro. That's, that's not yeah. even fair. I know it was, it was my dad, like ran the league. Kind of. Um, so I was like, all right, I'll play. Man, but, I'd be so mad, Daniel. I walked in there. I mean, in middle school, how tall were you, Josh? I was like five eight, five nine. Man, I was probably walking in there five two, pissed <laughs> as hell. Josh was a grown man, bro. He 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 ain't got time for little little boys in middle school. But I will ask, man. Obviously, you're you're a big big guy. Um, where does the height come from, or is everybody in the family tall? 
Uh, everybody in my family's tall. My dad, he's six four. My mom's five ten. Um, my brother's he's my brother's an inch taller than me. He's about six six. Um, he got the more athletic genes. He jumps high, runs fast. You know, he got the better genes than I did. I guess I just throw a ball. All right, that's about it. This man, look, come on, talking about he got the better genes. Josh, do you watch highlight film of yourself, bro? Like, I mean, it don't get much better than you do. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I I was a distinct moment. I watched one of the best games I've ever watched in Omaha last year, and a guy by the name of Josh Hartle was on the mound just pumping, pumping. But his so, brother's man, better, though. I mean, clearly, but let me let me ask you this. Can you like sprinkle a little bit of the genetic code, like and bottle it up and give me some, give Jim some? Like I just need an inch so I can be at least six foot. In a family full of tall folks, all of them can can dunk a basketball, probably. Like, come on, man, just a little. Just I'm willing little. to bet I'm willing to bet mom five ten. I know she had to play some sports. She played volleyball growing up, yeah. She Spiking did. it down on folks, okay. <laughs> Putting it down on people, I bet. So what, at what point, obviously, sports, you know, you, you mentioned it, all the, you know, athleticism that runs in the family. At what point do you get into sports and, you know, when did you just, you know, go, hey, man, I, I'm going to play some baseball. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah, so at a young age, you know, I, I followed my brother. Um, my dad used to throw wiffle balls in the yard to us, like our front yard. Um, I was like one and a half. I was hitting. We have film actually. Um, my mom used to like uh, record us and I would just hit, you know, a lot anytime I could. I was always active, always grew up outside, you know, just following my brother, you know, doing those things. Um, I played basketball and soccer, you know, those sports um, growing up and stuff. And but I always had a passion for, for baseball more so than the other ones. Um, I would guess I was just kind of naturally good at it when I was younger. Um, and it helped that I was bigger than everybody too. So like that attracted me to um, at a young age, but I stopped playing basketball after my middle school, uh, eighth grade year, I was going to play in high school, but I decided not to. And one of the biggest regrets of my life, not playing in high school, but um, you know, it's all right. And I took off with baseball. I thought it was good to focus on that. Um, but I wish I played basketball in high school. It would, have been, it would have been pretty cool. I mean, from all accounts, it seems like that was a good choice. So don't, <laughs> don't feel too bad now. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I can definitely see where you're coming from. Obviously, you know, when you are you work hard and you, you have this talent, you want to take advantage of every opportunity that you get because you definitely know, and I'm sure you guys, you know, talk about this at Wake Forest, is like not every day is guaranteed and the – abilities that you have you don't want to waste them so as a kid you know not wanting to waste those things and looking back I can I can see um kind of you know where you're coming from when you say that you wish you would have at least given it a try um but you know obviously playing at you know a lot of sports growing up you had to have a favorite athlete so who was your favorite athlete and who who inspired you the most my favorite athlete was LeBron James I mean, that's a pretty easy one. Uh, I mean, he was the greatest basketball player ever. Um, oh, oh. Uh, easy. <laughs> easy. I'll let, the I, I'll let the Heisman one go. I can't let that one go. <laughs> I just can't. But, uh, <laughs> take it back and say second. Just say second, please. All right, second, second, yeah. The Heisman was a lot, I know. I, I jumped the gun on that. 
Uh, oh, no, we started this show before we start interviewing college athletes. We started this show with the last dance talking about Michael Jordan. We can't we can't have Michael be number two on the show. You got to be one. But here's the thing, Josh. Did have you ever seen Michael Jordan? Not not highlights, not clips, but like a full game of Michael Jordan. No. So that's that's what I challenge people to do is watch Michael play an entire game and how he plays from start to finish and really how much time he spends on the court as opposed to how much time he spends on the bench. Like it is unbelievable. Like the discrepancy of time that he spent on the court that guys now, and it's not any fault of their own. It's just how things go now. But the guy was an absolute beast. He wanted to be on the court. Like mentally he was just different and you could, you could see it throughout the entire game. Like he was on a different level than every other guy, even the best of the best. And I think that's what made him special. And, you know, LeBron has that, that killer instinct in him too, where he's like, all right, give me the ball. And he knows, Oh, nobody can touch me. If you give, if you give LeBron James the ball at the top of the key and you tell him just to drive the the hoop, there's nobody that can stop that dude. Nobody. So, so it's like, taking a length of time playing, Daniel, to, to switch to, to baseball since, he, you know, he's a baseball player. And I was looking at the stats on Nolan Ryan, and they said what you'd have to do to be able to match because of how long he played. It, it's, you know, things that won't ever happen. Thinking about what things that Mike did, things that Nolan did. It's it's amazing, like, arm injuries and, like, I'm sure they were a thing, but, like. He played 27 how, years. How do you have that duration? Yeah, if you imagine you imagine playing into your mid forties, throwing a ball from the bump, your arm would have to be falling off by then. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how how you do that. Honestly, I have no idea. I mean, that's that's unreal. He's a he's a robot, bro. That's, that's the only only explanation I have. So, um, obviously, LBJ, you know, inspiring your favorite athlete growing up, but. Um, at what point do you make that decision? Were you a kid or is it something that, you know, over time you're like, man, I just respect this guy. And now that's, that's the guy that I look at. Yeah. I mean, I, I grew up watching him, you know, he was like the guy pretty much in my era of like watching basketball. Like Kobe was kind of towards the back end of his career, I guess. So then like the next guy was LeBron. So, you know, all the hype was around him. He was, you know, the guy in the media. So that's who like I saw on my iPad, you know, scrolling through Vine and all those apps, like watching how it's LeBron. I was like, wow, this dude's crazy. Uh, you know, but you know, I can't fault MJ, you know, <laughs> he did lose in the finals. I mean, he... uh, we were just messing with you. You grew up with LeBron. That's not, that's not your fault. You grow up. That's why Daniel said he challenged you because it, you didn't watch Mike. So of course you're not yeah. going to say Mike. Yeah, that's, that's part. I mean, you can go before our era and you could talk about the Chamberlains and the Bill Walton and all that stuff. Like, I mean, or I said Bill Walton, uh, uh, Bill, Bill Russell, Bill Walton, Bill Russell. You know what I meant to say there. Anyway, guys that we ain't never seen play. Yeah, it's it's hard to like even in football. Like you, you can't. It's hard to put value to something that you've never seen, even though you've seen highlights. You know how good some of these guys were, but. To go, oh, that's my favorite player. Eh, debatable. I can't even watch him play every every week. So how are they? You know, how are they your favorite player? Um, but let's let's jump to high school, man. Obviously, 
you have these gifts, you have these skills, you're progressing, you're playing for different teams. Um, what high school did you attend? I went to Reagan High School. Reagan High School. So I don't know if you're aware, but just just take all this in. You were rated the number 25 recruit in the country by perfect game. Not in the state, not in the region, not you know in the area, in the country. Um, you were ranked the 34th best prospect in the 2021 MLB draft by Baseball America, named 2021 Gatorade North Carolina Player of the Year. You helped lead Reagan High School to the North Carolina 4A State Championship, won 2021 West Regional Championship, named 2021 Central Piedmont Central Pitcher of the Year, earned all conference honors all four years in addition to a pair of all state awards. But maybe the greatest thing that you accomplished was being. <laughs> Tommy Hawk's, team, Tommy Hawk's teammate in high school. I just, I <laughs> skimmed through these accolades, but there were so many, I didn't go through it. And I knew that I would butcher it if I didn't read it word for word. And Jim added that in there being Tommy Hawk's teammate in high school. We had the privilege of talking to Tommy Hawk and he's quite the character. And so let's talk about him for a second. We'll get back to all the other accolades, but let's talk about him. Um, has he always been like that fiery and like that, I'll say passionate. That's a good word for him. Very passionate and like, you know, he's he's good with his vocabulary. He oh. has an adult sense of vocabulary, if 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 you know what I'm saying. Always. Uh, I've known him since he was 13 years old. We started playing together when we were 13. So like before high school in travel ball. Um, same guy. Never really changed. Got a little taller, stronger, but same guy. I, I like it, Daniel. Chris, uh, Kristen Weiss said it, uh, said it best. He said, he's the kind of guy that I would hate to play against, um, but absolutely love him as a teammate. Yeah. That, that's the best way to describe it. If you play against him, you hate him because <laughs> he just talks the whole game and he's going to beat your ass and he's going to win. That's it's what good. he came. That's what he came on here and said. Um, and then he doubled down. He came on uh, our other show pros with Joe's with, uh, with Brock and basically said the same thing. That was the craziest thing, Daniel. We talk about foul mouth. Putting him to get him and Mike on the same screen was the worst idea ever. Man, me and Brock are sitting there texting each other, talking about man, like this this episode is explicit. <laughs> you got if if you have Tommy Hawk on there and people people know people. You don't even have to market. They know, like they know what they're gonna get from that guy. Um, you know. When we look back at the accolades, all those things that I that I mentioned to you, um, what do those mean to you? Do they mean anything at all, or are they just you know uh, your hard work and that's cool? Or do they actually, when you hear somebody read it back to you, they go, "Man, shit, that that was a big deal." Yeah, I mean, it it was cool. I guess looking back on it now, um, you know, I was never like satisfied with any of that. I feel like I'm never satisfied with anything. Um, you know, just because I feel like I'm so young, you know, I feel like, you know, I want so much of a lot of things to be ahead of me, I guess, you know, I look forward to so many things ahead of my life um, that are unknown that, you know, I'm not sure what's going to happen. Um, you know, it's cool that, you know, those things have happened, but I don't really look, you know, backwards a lot. Um, you know, I try and look forwards most I can, um, you know, and I guess when there are times, you know, where you're struggling going through something, then you look back at it and like that gives you kind of motivation of like, well, I, you know, I did this, you know, like it was really cool. You know, why can't I, you know, progress and get to the next level? Um, 
or get to, you know, my other goals. So um, I don't try and look back at all those, you know, achievements or accomplishments. They're cool, but, you know, I want, you know, the next thing ahead of me. So, so you know, when when we talk to, you know, you cats, I mean, you guys are significantly younger than us, but to hear somebody, you know, with that kind of perspective, like that's a mature perspective to have because you're right. Like you can't look behind you because if you look behind you, you'll lose your way, you know? And I think, you know, LSU, when we talk about losing your way, like LSU is going to have a tough time because they're going to have to like reset and figure out, well, what we did last year, absolutely. It was great, but it means nothing now. And I think you guys are kind of in that same boat, like at Wake Forest, you had a great year. Obviously, you came up shorter than, than what you would like, but you can't discount the, the year that you guys had. But thinking about what you did last year, you kind of got to reset and move forward and think about what's what's in, ahead of you. So hearing you say that, like, it shows me that, one, like, you guys are in the right mindset for what you got to accomplish this year. But, two, like, you're, the maturity that you show with that answer is huge. Um and if you're going to be a big league, you know, player, like you, you always got to look forward. So um, kudos to you, tip my hat to you for that. But, you know, when we talk about being an MLB prospect, you were rated the 34 best, best prospect. Um, how serious did you consider going straight to the pros? Um, it was, you know, somewhat serious. Um, you know, I made my decision, you know, to pull my name out really um a couple of days before the draft um you know i had a really late high school season that year because of covid so we got done june 26th and then i went straight to summer school um right before the draft so i got a taste of like what wake was like and all the guys and stuff and that gave me a lot more clarity um you know so it's kind of like a 50 50 ordeal if i'm being honest um you know and i had a lot of conversations with my family and stuff but it was, it was pretty serious. Yeah. I, Michael Massey was there and he was like, I'm in, bro. He probably got cursed out by Tommy Hawk. <laughs> thinking you better, so, you better F and go, bro. Yeah. So <laughs> he was like, Oh man, let me, let me not make him mad. But no, like Jim, I I've never had a decision like of that magnitude that I've had to, to ponder. But I mean, like that is a serious, like heavy, heavy ask, especially of, you know, 18 19 20 year old that's that's that could be life-changing but i think but i think it seeks volumes to the to the programs to the coaches a lot of these guys who've had that decision um they've gone to colleges and felt like that's where they want to be they talk about family they talk about the possibilities of of becoming better and so ultimately is these colleges it's their goal to show them that they have advantages to come to college versus going to the pros early yeah for sure so Obviously, you pull your name out. You you choose to go to Wake Forest. So, what what was the ultimate decision outside of Tommy Hawk cursing you out? Like, what was it where you were like, "That's where I'm going"? Yeah, I mean, really, you know, I sat down and you know had to kind of think. You know, if I do this, you know, I'm moving out to Arizona, Florida. I'm 18 years old. I've like never called an Uber in my life. Like, I I have no idea. Like, I. I have a credit card, like I use that some, like I, I don't know anything about anything really. And I was like, I don't think I'm ready to actually like 
go do that <laughs> truthfully. And I was awake at the time when I make my made my decision and I was like, I actually love it here. Like I've known these freshman guys for like three or four years now. And we've been talking about being at wake for, you know, three or four years, you know, and like doing this, um, you know, so it just all felt right. Um, you know, and just a lot of like prayer, you know, and I think look back at it and it was like, I was just pushed in that direction by God ultimately, uh, which was pretty cool. Like, you know, there's pros and cons to like both, you know, but ultimately, you know, I went to wake, you know, I think God pushed me in that direction. So. Yeah. So I bring up, you know, Michael Massey and he said on his episode recently, you know, he talked about the advancement in, in pitching there, you know, the coaching, the lab and everything did, you know, how excited were you to go to a program where you as a pitcher, you know, that you're going to be able to be taken to the next level. Yeah, that was a huge um, part in my, you know, college commitment was that um, just player development alone. Um, You know, I didn't know exactly what went into that, but player development was one of the biggest things that they preached coach Walter and coach Salento. That's the biggest thing. So I was like, well, my main goal is to play in the big leagues for a long time. And I feel like this is what's going to give me the best um, option to do that. Um, so that that's a big reason, you know, where we're at today um, is player development and the investment and, you know, each player on our team. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you start the the season freshman, you're a weekend starter on Saturday. Like, was this something that you actually saw yourself doing coming in or, you know, did it kind of shock you that you, there you were, you know, Saturday starter? Yeah, I believed I was going to be um, a weekend starter. Um, I threw well in all the inner squads. I would get guys out. Um, and that's kind of the plan they had for me. And, you know, I thought I was ready for sure. You know, I was like, well, just, you know, ACC, you know, I can, I can definitely do this. Like I get my, my guys out on my team, you know, pretty good. Like I can go out and compete. And it was just the exact opposite. Um, with- and, and, and Hey, that's where I was going to go. Daniel, he had the best thing happen to the start of a career that you can have. So he had success early, won his first three games, and then he got humbled real quick and lost his next three as he talked about the ACC. But I think that's something you need. You need to, to taste both sides. Right. And, and gives you the availability to make the adjustments you need. So, you know, you were, you were fixing to get into it, obviously cut you off, you know, talk about like how, how the start of that season, how it made you grow early and had to make adjustments. Yeah. So I started out three and zero against non-conference opponents. So I was like, okay, like this is how I drew it up, you know, one, three games, like or three, you know, whenever I'm playing, like that's good. And real quick, I got humbled, you know, in ACC play, like the whole, the whole year, um, especially the first three weeks were really tough on me. Um, Cause really I never struggled like that in my career. Um, and honestly, I didn't know how to deal with it. And, you know, I was really young and, I, I felt so bad because I would go out there and I would pitch terribly and we were losing. And I was like, I just want to win. Like, I, I don't know what to do. Like I'm losing so much and, you know, my morals were right. I wanted to win, but I really didn't, wasn't ready for that. Um, yeah, I wasn't mature. My stuff wasn't very good. I would go out and compete, um, you know, my hardest and try and just go out there and, you know, go balls to the walls and do whatever I could, you know, to get, get out of the inning. But, it wasn't enough. Um, and that's, I attribute, you know, um, this past year to my, my freshman year struggles. Um, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And so let me ask you, you know, go, going further into the season, you said you didn't win or you didn't succeed in the ACC, but you know, it's not how you start; it's how you finish. 
and you finished the season really strong. You know, you did beat an ACC opponent in NC State at NC State, and then ultimately you get the win against Long Island in the regional. So how good was it to, you know, finish strong, setting yourself up for, you know, last year? Yeah, it was cool um, to do that. Um, you know, those were two really big games, the biggest games of the season um, at NC State. We had to win that series to get in the tournament. And then obviously a regional, um, that was pretty, a lot of pressure. Um, but yeah, that kind of set me up to go into um, the summer and play in the Cape and really just build off that momentum into the fall um, and try and just develop any way I could to, you know, help the team in the next year. See, I'm going to get on the SI department, Daniel. He said the Cape. It didn't have his Cape experience on there, so I didn't even know. So go ahead and hit us with it. T talk about how much uh, you learned and enjoyed the Cape because it's one of those things that me and Daniel have not gotten to do yet is go up there and experience uh, watching you guys in the Cape um, that we got on the, the bus. Soon enough. Soon enough. I mean, I've been to, I've been to Omaha numerous times. I still ain't been to the Cape. One day. Yeah, y'all gotta y'all gotta go to the Cape for sure. I was there for a little over a month. I was with Cam and Assey. Um, we we're on the same team. We lived together um, with the host uh, family, and it was awesome. I mean, it's you know six days out of the week you're playing baseball, and you know for me and Cam, like I threw once a week, and he threw you know twice a week. So you know we're going to the park every day. We're riding a, a school bus to the games, like <laughs> elementary school bus to the games. You're packed in there with, you know, other college athletes, which is really cool because you build a bunch of relationships um, with some of the best players in the country, which is, you know, that's kind of why you play the game. And so it's just super relaxed, um, very chill vibe. The coaches are great, um, great people. So it was a great experience. And uh, I was super happy to to be up there. Yeah, so clearly with what happened there, obviously what happened in the end of freshman year, building that confidence, it carried over because coming into last year, you know, we we like to uh, – we are not humble about this at all. We brag because um, we got mocked. We got laughed at, Josh, last year. When we when we let our initial rankings out preseason last year, I had y'all at three. Daniel actually had you higher than that. But we, we came together as a group, and we put y'all at three, and people were wanting to know what we were drinking because we had Wake Forest at three. And you know, we talked about the depth in the pitching staff. We talked about the best, you know, one-two duo with – um Kurtz and Wilkin and you know we just went through all these things and we were mocked and obviously we're going to see how that goes but from a national perspective y'all were an underdog y'all were y'all weren't going to be the team that we knew you to be um but obviously y'all come in strong just you know how good did you guys feel going into last year did y'all feel the way that me and Daniel felt about y'all that like y'all were going to be in Omaha and somebody to deal with or it was one of those things you just had to see it all play out yeah, so it's funny you say that because I think that, you know, obviously the goal was Omaha or Omaha or bust, like for all of us. Like that was really the, the whole thing. If we don't make it Omaha, like it's it's not a good season. Um, but really what I think is we didn't know how good we actually were until our first ACC series at Duke whenever we beat them um, on the road. We played a doubleheader like on a Saturday after we won Friday, dropped the first game that we won. Uh, the second game on Saturday, beat them, and they were really good. They were playing really well at the time. Um, a lot of good pitchers, good staff. Um, and after that, like, there was just, like, something different changed within, I guess, the dugout or, like, how everybody went about their business because um, that kind of put us on the map, it seemed like. And it was kind of like, you know, Wake Forest was, you know, here to stay for that year. 
Um, I mean, it, it was good enough for me to go all the way to Winston-Salem from Mississippi and check y'all out against uh, Notre Dame because I wanted to see you guys in person. Obviously, we believed what we did, but uh, I needed to see it in person. And, you know, obviously y'all dropped that Sunday game kind of like, I don't know, uh, the bats just weren't, weren't going. But I saw what I needed to see to know, especially – um you guys pitching like because that game was more of a y'all didn't hit but you know spent that first day Rhett comes out and I was like man okay like this is this is as advertised so you know last year you at 2023 baseball America first team all-american and earlier you said that the accolades don't matter look in the past but man I gotta read these off 2023 NCBWA first team all-american ABCA second team all-american uh collegiate baseball second team all-american first team all ACC golden spikes award semifinalist he accumulated 11 and 2 record uh good for third in the conference eighth in the nation in total victories struck out the second most batters in program history with 140 and a 2.1 ERA so you know obviously you have a dynamic offense behind you that's one of the things everybody kept talking about right it, it was kind of funny how that shifted, Daniel. It was Rake Forest, right? And then everybody started to notice, oh, their best asset may be their pitching. Um, you know, but it's got to feel good to have the offense behind you. But for you personally, um, what was working for you to give you such, such success throughout the season? Yeah, so really um, just sticking to my routines, that's really the biggest thing. Um, you know, being consistent, you want to be consistent throughout the year. Um, so the process is really – the most important thing and everybody's process is different. Um, mine's different from Massey's and Burns's. Um, you know, so really just being present in every moment and not looking too far ahead, um, you know, and getting off the result. Um, you know, I, I'm kind of a perfectionist, which is, you know, fine sometimes, but it's detrimental um, a lot of times because um, I'm so worried about the result. And for me, I just don't even worry about the result. I try and focus on my process and, you know, whatever happens, happens. Um, that doesn't, you know, define me or or my success, really. Yeah, no, it's funny how you talked about y'all have different routines. I got to watch y'all in Nashville against Vandy, and I sat purposely right there next to the bullpen, and I watched all y'all's, you know, routine, getting ready, and, and everyone y'all was different. And I noticed, uh, and I don't know if it's because you were fixing to be the first one on the bump, but, you know, not talking much, you know, completely laser-focused, and that may be because, like you said, perfectionist. Um, but, you know, every, everybody's different. Like, it seemed like, you know, you know, Michael and Burns were more relaxed, you know, talking and everything. So um, everybody's got their own thing. But, you know, last year, y'all punched a ticket to Omaha. Like, I mean, we could talk about last season all day. Like, so much fun, so much success. But ultimately, you said the goal was Omaha. So when y'all actually punched the ticket, man, just how good did that feel for you and all the guys? Like, you said that was the goal that you set out to accomplish, and you accomplished it. And then from there, also talk to me about – how you reset your mind because while your goal was to get to Omaha, that's not the ultimate goal. Yeah. I mean, it was, um, it was really just like undescribable how like cool it was to be honest. Like it was just like that stuff that you visualize and dream about as a kid. And then when it finally happens, you're like, is this real type of thing? Um, just because it was, you know, something that we've worked for, you know, for, close to a year it seemed like and all that hard work put into like one game to mm. finish it um and to be there with the guys that you love and care about um it was just you know extremely special and something that I'll always remember um ultimately which is really cool um and really 
you know, we have a lot of guys. We're fortunate that we have a lot of guys that weren't satisfied with just making it to Omaha. You know, we knew that we could compete for a national championship um, the way we were playing. And, um, you know, we were just going to go in and try and throw punches, you know, in Omaha, you know, why not? Yeah, no doubt. So I was there. It's one thing for me to have a fan perspective, but talk to me about the duel between Rhett Lauder and Paul Skeens. Dude, you're there watching that thing up close and personal. Just like, what's going through your mind watching these two dudes duel? I mean, it was the best game I've ever watched. Um, and to be in the dugout was was really awesome. Um, you know, just two great competitors, two great talents going at it. Um, you know, and whoever gave up the first run was going to lose pretty much. That's how it was. And um, just watching that, watching greatness right there, like those two guys were are just were great the whole year. Um, they never, you know, had a bad game or anything and they never wavered during that game it was so much pressure um so it was really cool I mean I've watched that game back twice um you know it's hurt but I just love watching those two guys go at it because they're they're great talents and great people to look up to yeah now that was the funny part about talking to Michael he was talking about having to come in that game after I would never want to follow those two dudes up at all (laughs) definitely not no but you know ultimately you guys lose to the eventual champ LSU but um, you hear them talk about we've had we've had those guys on and say talking about the most worthy opponent talking about how Florida just did not match you know I was there for that too and I can tell you atmosphere game talent everything I understand that y'all lost in the semifinals but it's the way the bracket played out that was the championship to any LSU fans any Wake Forest fans like that that series was it like I would have liked to have seen it on the other end and y'all been on the other side and play but uh, two best teams absolute you know amazing series like you said uh and it, it sucks that somebody had to lose and ultimately y'all did but do you feel like even though you know we're not the biggest silver lining people but to have so much success to get to Omaha to win the ACC to have all the accolades you did like I mean the season wasn't lost because you didn't win it all right yeah no it was definitely not I mean this was the best Wake Forest team that you know has pretty much been around for a while to this point um, you know, in this decade. So, um, you know, we accomplished great things. And, you know, Team 109, you know, they set the standard for Wake Forest baseball. Um, you know, and that's that's the line that the team, you know, this year and the team after this year has to hold and, you know, keep building on that. Um, you know, so Team 109 is very special. Yeah, so it obviously gives you all the motivation. Um, you've got guys um, – you and Nick and Mike, like we we're talking about, obviously more guys than that, but leaves you guys even more hungry, right? Like um, you've been there, you've tasted it, and and now you want to come home with the hardware. So what's you know what's the message? What's the motivation? Um, you guys are are preaching to each other as you come in to this season. I know last year, you know, I loved it because I mean I was rolling with that hashtag right out the gate with mtfy make them feel you like is you know what's the new you know i'm not necessarily saying like a hashtag but you know what's the new mantra what are y'all rolling with to, to come out this year yeah so really you know we've had a bunch of meetings about you know what you know we wanted this team to be remembered as and we actually kept you know the same slogan or same mentality is make them feel you um you know because that's kind of like you know that's our team motto it's like we want to make everybody feel us everybody that you know, is around us that watches us, um, you know, to feel, you know, our energy that we bring, the amount of, you know, um, fun that we have with each other. Like, that's kind of what uh, we decided, you know, it should be like. Um, 
and we talked to the freshmen and you know they all felt us watching us like they want to be a part of it and they they work hard so we can you know ultimately all get back to omaha and compete for a national championship so we thought you know kurtz actually came up with it he's like we should just keep it because we were trying to figure out what we should do you know change the wording like different you know it just wasn't working like we're just gonna keep it the same like you know i like i love what i love what y'all got going i was just more wondering if y'all y'all were rolling with that or if you came out with a different message but i mean it, it works and i mean and based upon what y'all did last year and then what you got coming this year i feel like no reason to change anything absolutely so let me ask you, is there added pressure now? You know, we talked about kind of, even though y'all felt a certain way, the way the country perceived y'all, now that everybody, you know, the rankings hadn't came out, but I'm pretty sure you're going to be the preseason number one. Um, everybody has these projections. Obviously, you look at pro projections, um, you know, five of y'all guys are in the top 33, which is just ridiculous. Like, how do you not let that distract you and go out there and take care of business and, and get caught up in the hype? Yeah, it's pretty much just the way you look at it. Ultimately, it's just all about your perspective and how you view things. Um, you know, for us to be in that position and, you know, to have that hype, like it's a privilege, you know, to, to have that, that just goes to show um, what people think of you. And ultimately, you know, we just have to go out there and, you know, win, you know, that's what we're just all competing together and, having fun together and we're all worried about our process and focused on that. Um, you know, so for us, it's like, we're just going to go out, we're going to have fun. We're not worried about the outside noise. You know, we haven't won anything. None of that means anything. Um, you know, so we're going to stick to our process and just play for the the guy beside you. You know, that's all you can do. So last thing we want to know coming into this season, you know, everybody knows the usual suspects, right? So let's start on the pitching side. You know, everybody knows you, Burns, Massey. Like, who are the other guys? Give us a couple names that everybody needs to be on the lookout for. Um, could it could be starters, could be guys out of the bullpen. You know, give give those who maybe aren't in Winston Salem, you know, a little knowledge on who they need to be watching. Yeah, so I'll start out with a couple of freshmen. Um, Hayden LaFew, freshman lefty. He pitched at Bandy, um, up to ninety six. Just a dog mentality. Um, and Blake Morningstar, righty. One of those guys, probably be the midweek, maybe, but I hope they pitch on the weekend in the ACC. Um, those two guys are going to be legit. Um, they're going to, you know, be young, but they're going to uh, pitch a lot of innings for us this year and be a big part of our success. Um, and we have a couple transfers. Um, David Falco, he's going to be a really good uh, attribute. He might be our closer this year, which is pretty cool. Um, and obviously, Cole Rowland, he's going to be a big part of it. Tweaking Deacon. Um, can't forget about him. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. We got, we got, we're reloading. We have a lot of guys. We have a lot of depth. Um, so there's gonna be a lot of guys that come out throwing punches, throwing hand grenades. So I'm excited to watch some of these guys. Dude, as if I wasn't already fired up, Daniel. This man, I mean, he's coming out with nicknames and then talking about throwing punches and hand grenades. All right. Well, since we're gonna talk grenades, we gotta talk bombs. You know, who are the who are the hitters outside of Nikki Nukes and, and Kurtz, tell me, tell me the other Hawk can can swing it too. Yeah, Austin Hawk can swing it. Um, he's gonna swing it for sure. He's gonna get some some couchies out at the couch, um, and he's gonna feel really good. He might feel a thousand this year. He's got a insane glow. Yeah, watching 
watching him and Seaver when I was in Nashville watching you guys play that middle infield, I was like, ooh, I was like, one of the underwritten storylines might be they might have the best middle infield in baseball too. Yeah, it's pretty crazy if you think about our infield because Kurtz, he's 80 grade. We call him 80 grade because his defense is unreal. And we oh, have unreal. His stretch, he he makes, you know, because of his length, he makes some things that are harder for the average individual make look real easy. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I it's you know, I've seen him for two years now and I saw it my freshman year and I was like, this dude's insane. Um, and he just kept building off of that. And our third baseman, Adam Tellier, he played shortstop at Ball State. So our third baseman is a shortstop, you know. So we have a really good infield. Um, but Jake Reinish, he's gonna swing it. Uh, it's his revenge tour this year. He's gonna go crazy for sure. Um, and Adam Tellier, as I mentioned before, also Tate Ballastero. He's gonna he's gonna be really good. He's gonna swing it. Um, we just have a bunch of dogs in our lineup. You know that's kind of that's what we like. Well, I'll say this, and I'll let I'll let Daniel take over. This year, I'm gonna be there for Duke. I'm hoping I get a little bit warmer weather this time in March. Uh, but I'll I'll be there for y'all to start ACC play. And man, I look forward to it. Like, I mean, I got expectations now. Don't let me down, Josh. Nah, definitely not. Nah, bro, he's ready. Trust me, he he's ready. I mean, they're itching for this thing to get going. I bet. Um, all right, Josh, man, let's uh, let's move into the the last portion of, of our time together. That's the game that we play. It's sweeping the country. It's called this or that. You down to play? Sure, I'm ready. All right, so it's very simple. I give you two options. You choose one option or the other. Can't say both. Can't say neither. Just pick one. Be decisive. Go with your heart, and you know whatever happens, happens, man. All right. All right, Jim, who is this or that brought to you by? Chinook Cedary. That's right. The best seeds in the game. Flavors from mild to wild. Whether you're on the field or in the boardroom signing deals, it's the snack. It's the go-to. And tonight, Jim, I've got something special for you. What you got? I am going to taste test a little combo that I like to call Smoky and toasty oh smoky and toasty smokehouse barbecue with a cinnamon toast so, what are you gonna do if one of these turns out bad are you gonna be honest on the air oh yeah mm. that's 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 fire don't lie is it is it because i'm gonna try it later and if you're lying to me no it's fire here's why it's like um you know you know how there's barbecue sauces that are spicy and then there's some that are tangy and then some that are sweet. Mm. This is like a good mixture. Like you get a little kick, but you get a little sweetness too. What do you, what are you writing? What are you writing this? People are going to think I'm crazy, but this is a nine. This right nine. here is a nine. This is the highest, the highest yeah, say, that is ever high. given. And I hate to do that because it's two really but, but all the best things that I've heard from the players are combos. It's never just the seeds by themselves are amazing, but it's never just one. They got and people got different combinations. Josh, have you had shit up? I've not, no, but sounds Whoa, like oh Michael Massey and Seaver King. I am on y'all like water rice because they got boxes that have been sent and they're not sharing. Mm-hmm. Daniel, how do we feel about this? It's pretty unacceptable behavior. We gotta we gotta get you on board, Josh, because the 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 smoky and toasty man that's that's what's up like he said we're gonna get you we're gonna get you eight flavors sent to you mild wild that's 
I'm I'm a little disappointed. I'm gonna hit up Mike after this is over and tell him he he ain't my boy no more. Right. I need to try spooky and toasty. I mean, you're giving it a nine. That's crazy. It is. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I got in front of me while we're talking. So these are Paul Skeen's favorite. Um, as a matter of fact, I don't see him without Parmesan pepper, so I call him Parmesan Pauls. Um, that's his favorite. But man, I'm I'm actually a cinnamon toast guy, and I also like original. But I mean, you got jalapeno ranch, you got um, the smokehouse, like you said, you got dill pickle, which Ty Floyd likes. I don't like anything pickle, so it's it's not me. But I mean, there's a as me and Daniel said, there's something for everyone, right? Like everybody's got their own taste and stuff. But apparently, we gotta we gotta try this out when we get you some seeds. We gotta we gotta try smoking toasty. If you're lying to me, no, Daniel, I'm calling you out. On Bro, the, the 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 smoke and toast is where it's at. Trust me. All right. like, you're I gonna. I wonder if anyone's done that yet. I wonder if you just created a new one. I hope I did. My my goal is to create a, a clever little name for all these combos. So I don't, you know, we'll we'll see what's next. So, but let's let's get into this. All right, Josh, I'm gonna give you a little layup. Just so you know, Jim doesn't even know this, but I have some new this or that questions that I'm going to pilot with you. So if, if we feel like they're good, we're going to keep them. Does so that you, mean mine are thrown out? No, we're going to keep those too. I just, I just got a few that I'm, I'm adding into the mix. Just, yeah. a, just a feeler. But um, layup question, baked potatoes or mashed potatoes? Mashed potatoes. Definitely, definitely. You going with the works, butter, sour cream, cheese, little, little everything, bacon, you know, just whipping got it up. It. Got to. Definitely, definitely. Um, this is a funny question because I went to the bathroom today and I had the decision between the two of these and I was really thrown off on why. Would you rather have liquid soap or bar soap? Liquid. Me too. I thought it was weird that there was a bar soap in the bathroom for starters. And then I was like, well, how many hands have actually been on this bar soap? That's well, that's what I was going to say. In my own home, I prefer the bar soap because I prefer the bar in general. But I ain't trying to share with the general public like that. No, no, I ain't. Even even at home, I think I would prefer liquid soap. I always think of the Friends episode where they he he's using his and he goes, just think about the last thing I wash and the first thing you wash. Very, very true. Very true. All right. Snakes or spiders? What? What I most fear? No, if you had to keep one of them. Oh, <laughs> um, spider. Yeah. Bro, Daniel, I hadn't told you this yet, but Liam Spence said, the Aussie said, in Australia, it's always spider season. Those pictures you see with the webs, he said, it's like that in the country all season. I said, how do you live there? He said, I don't leave the city. Bro, Bro. I'm never going to Australia, ever. No, they have snakes too. I've but I can deal with snakes. I don't want the giant tarantulas, man. No, nah, bro, you can't deal with these snakes. We're talking about mambas <laughs> and stuff, dude. You did you know that there's black mambas and there's green mambas? Man, like no, one I don't is know enough. about black because of Kobe. I'm telling you, it's crazy out there in Australia. All right, this is a, this is a new question. Hold on, you're coming from a guy. Let me tell you something, Josh. Hurricane season comes around. This man lives in Tampa, Florida. He got alligators in his driveway. I don't want to hear nothing from you. I mean, that's he sent me a picture one day like it was okay. It was casual, like man, locking myself in the bedroom. I ain't going outside for that. No way. I mean, you just you just got to make sure you, you your head's on a swivel. You know, <laughs> never know, never know what's gonna be out there. All right, new question. Would you rather be the donkey 
for pin the tail on the donkey or the pinata during a birthday party? <laughs> I'll be the pinata. I don't want to be the donkey. No way. I mean, just think. What? Do, all right. So, I, so I'm gonna be the donkey. You ain't, be, you ain't beating me with no bat. Let's, let's pick. Go. Let's picture little little Nick Kurtz Man. steps up to the plate. Yeah, tell me this. Okay. Yeah, I mean it's a ba- it's a That's... team baseball party, and Nick Kurtz, Brock Wilkin, and Tommy Hawk are coming up to hit you. <laughs> they are gonna destroy you. Like it's not even gonna be fun. Yeah. I like I... how you gave him a question with no winning scenario, though. Yeah, for sure. Like, can't always be fun in games. All right. Would you rather live in Antarctica or the Sahara Desert? Hmm, Sahara Desert. Ooh. I don't like the cold. So you're a hot guy. I don't know, man. That's that's a tough question. Jim, where, what would you take? Uh, Antarctica. I think so, too. Like, if I had the ability to state to stay warm i think that's where i would be i i mean i've i've been stationed in iraq when it was 142 like i know what the desert feels like and it sucks bro here's the problem you haven't been stationed in antarctica so you don't know what that's like so you're i'll play, you're with, the I'll play with the i'll play with the penguins bro so this is like the jordan uh lebron thing yeah <laughs> for sure um New question. Would you rather, if you had to wear one of these two items every day, all day, would you rather wear a catcher's mask or would you rather wear your spikes? Both of those are terrible. That's terrible. I hate, I hate the sound of spikes. Could you imagine clip-clopping your way around campus and some spikes all day? It would have to be the spikes. Like I can't wear a catcher's. I can't wear a catcher's mask. Oh man, I'd have to deal with the spikes. Dang, I think you could. I don't know. I think you could be less annoying with the catcher's mask, but you could. You definitely couldn't hide from anybody. Like, well, I guess with spikes either. But man, that's. I guess you're protected with the mask. I mean, anything happens. Jim would just walk around talking so much smack to everybody. He'd be like, I wish you would do something. Got this mask on. I'm wearing the spikes and I'm going to talk smack and kick somebody. That's that's crazy. All right. Would you rather go to a costume party or a pool party? Pool party. Pool party. All right. Have you, when's the last time you've been to a costume party? October. (laughs) What what was your costume? Just curious. What is, what is, what was your go-to? I was a Teletubby. <laughs> yes. It se- seems like that was was just a last-minute uh, choice. Uh, it was a couple days. Actually, it, it was the four. It was four guys. Me, Seaver, Burns, mm-hmm. and then Charlie Jones on our team. Hey, those are some confident guys, Daniel. It was fun. We got a lot of compliments. What color Teletubby were you? I was red. Red. Decent. Decent. All right, this is, I think this, I hate to say it because I feel like I'm going to maybe pump this question up and it's going to overpromise and underdeliver. But I think this has potential, Jim, to be one of the best questions we ever ask on this or that. All right. If you had to kiss one way for the rest of your life, 
would it be like a dog where you just lick or would it be like you're given CPR where it's just open mouth? I'm licking. <laughs> hey, no, no hesitation. And it comes out and it, and he says it casually and it just felt awkward when he said it. Oh, it's, it's so like open mouth kisses. Like you don't have kids, but if you have a kid, like when they're a baby, that's how they, that's how they attack you. Right. And it's, it's cute, but it is the most awkward feeling and just yeah. gonna drool on you. Yeah. It's, it's, it's bad. All right. Would you rather be lost in the jungle or trapped in a haunted house? Lost in a jungle. Yeah, I think the jungle would be more fun. I mean, spiders yeah. and snakes, though. Uh, but... you know, chance of survival. You get a demon, you're done. Oh, true. True. Like, at least you know how to kill certain things in the jungle. I don't know how you kill the what's already dead. That's fact. Facts, bro. All right. New question. This is the last of the new questions. Would you rather take back anything wrong or embarrassing you ever said? Or would you rather be able to hear every conversation about you? Mm. Take back any embarrassing or wrong thing you've ever said or yeah. hear yeah. any conversation about you. Take back anything I've said embarrassing, yeah. Yeah, and that's easy, Daniel, because I don't want to hear what people said about me. That's going to hurt my feelings, bro. It must be real. You know what people say about you. Man, I, I, I don't go on Twitter much, but I'm on there enough to know what people say about you. I mean, haters are going to hate. You told me the more popular I became, the more haters there'd be, and you just lied. Because people people like hating, but because people, let, really, let's... people really like hating the people that they can get under their skin. And it's like, for guy. instance, it's for instance, I have Wake Forest pick to win it all. And then I get told I'm an idiot. And then Daniel, I tell them I've never picked a college baseball champion wrong preseason for the four seasons we've had this show. Hey, who are you arguing with? I'm the champ. <laughs> I mean, and, and fun fact, Josh, let me tell you why you're going to win it all. And I've told a few people this. So, fun fact, we call it the IOTB effect. Whatever team we had the most players from on in the fall of the season before, they won. So, it literally was Mississippi State, then it was Ole Miss, and it was LSU. Well, we had five on this fall from Wake Forest. It is the most. Just lock it up, man. Everybody go put their money down now. Let's go. I'll be, I'll be real with you, though. Like, the year that Ole Miss won it, we weren't so sure – that was in the going ball, to I was, and they ended up ranked number one, and they had me believe it. And then I went to the series where Tennessee beat the dog crap out of them, and I thought, okay, what was I doing picking this team? And then they ended up winning it all, made me look good. There you <laughs> go. All right, Josh, last question, man, and we'll let you get out of here. Would you rather be the number one overall pick in the draft next year, or would you rather win a national championship this year? Win a natty, 1,000%. Another liar. That's a, that's a $10 million, $10 million pay cut. I'll take it. I'll I used to all, I used to always say it was a liar until Paul Skeens came on here after he got drafted and still stuck with the same answer. So I'll let it slide, but I don't know, man. $10 million is a lot of money. That's, that's, that's a lot of coin. It got, it got flipped on me last night, though, Josh. I told Daniel I was caught completely off guard. And then boys last night said, 
would you rather do $10 million or the podcast? I said, the podcast. He said, no, no, no. He goes, think about this. He said, with the national championship comes all the memories that come with it, all the relationships. He said, so over the last four years, all the games you've went to with your son, all the players you met, all the friends you've made, it's all gone. And I was like, bro, this is why I don't sit in the hot seat. I don't like this question. I, I'm going to be honest, Jim. That's easy. You'd be finding an, another another host, man. For 10 mil, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> Love you. You haven't, you haven't gone all the trips, man. You go on all the trips. Me and my son been to Omaha three years in a row. I ain't taking it back. Man, bump your son. 10 mil. He'll be all right. His feelings might be hurt for a minute. Fun fact, because he, he brought up Cam earlier, uh, him and Cam's uh, picture in Omaha is probably my favorite picture he took. It was it looked like it, it was professionally done, Daniel. Because oh, you took it? No, I take all the pictures. This one just specifically came out perfect. He was down by the field with Cam, and, and they took it, and I was like, man, I made it my profile picture the next day. Let's go. All right, Josh, man, anything you want to plug or promote before you bounce? I don't think so, man. Go Deeks. Go Deeks. So I'll help you out. If you want to know what Josh Hartle's up to on a Wednesday night, maybe he's report, recording a podcast. Maybe it's Taco Tuesday on campus. Who knows? Going over to IG at Josh Hartle 25. Or if you want all the scores, updates, you want pitch and rotations, you want hype videos, go over to IG at Wake Baseball. Josh, man, we, we wish you nothing but the best. First and foremost, healthy season, happy season. Have a lot of fun, and who knows, man. You guys hopefully will be back in Omaha with a chance to do something magical this year. Yes, sir. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. We're going to bring you back on, too. We're going to talk about it. Regardless, win or lose, man, we're going to talk to you because because we want, we want to know. I'll be back. I'll put down. But – that's Josh Hartle, everybody. If you like hearing Josh's story or you just like hearing us average Joe's talk X's and O's, please like and share the podcast on Facebook. Retweet us on Twitter. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, comments, ratings, feedback, thumbs up, hearts, hugs, loves. We'll take it all. We'll see everybody tomorrow night. We got North Carolina baseball star Vance Huddycutt on the show. We're going to talk North Carolina baseball. We're going to talk his story. We're going to talk it all. We're going to see what the Tar Heels can do to match the expectations that the Demon Deeks have this year. So it'll be interesting to see. This has been the In Off the Bench podcast. As always, remember, strong body, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We're out.